Welcome everybody to the Startup Blender, the podcast about startup life and some other stuff. Good morning everybody, my name is Ucha and welcome to the Startup Blender podcast. Our guest today is Jax from the Ramp Network, which aims to empower everyone to participate in open networks. He got into crypto world many, many years ago and he's here today to tell us all about it. So, Jax, my friend, how are you? Uh, not bad, not bad. As I mentioned to you before, it's a busy time in crypto. So, everyone is sort of overworked at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's how everyone is at the moment. But tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like, who are you? What you do? Yeah, sure. So, I wear many hats uh, at the company, but my official title is Strategic Partnership Manager. So I scout um, sort of interesting projects um, that would be good partnership for my company that I work for currently, Network, to, you know, see if there's any room for collaboration and yeah. That's great. All right. But the main question here is, what does the company do? What is Network? Yeah, so Network, um, we are building sort of the the rails or the infrastructure connecting the defense, connecting the traditional finance world to new decentralized blockchain future that everyone's busy building. So we were the first to get an open banking license in the EU that allow us to tap directly into the banking infrastructures in, uh, in all the banks um, in the region. We also recently obtained our FCA, uh, UK FCA registration. So we are one of, I think, only nine companies to to obtain that registration that allow us to be registered as a crypto asset business. So very exciting stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, that's very nice. And uh, who is the like primary audience for you? What's the... Yeah, so the one we have a few solutions, but mostly our solution is sort of a, as a web widget um, that's integrated into it. Uh, applications that allow us to easily purchase cryptocurrency. So right now, the big trend of the cryptocurrency um, is these sort of blockchain games. And basically, whoever there are, whoever our partners' audiences, that's who our audience is, right? So we are B two B to C business. So we partner again. We work with partners to sort of bring our solution to their customer as well. So we we do we handle a lot of users that are new to the blockchain space, um, sort of making it a lot easier for people to jump in and start using blockchain applications without sort of these traditional hoops that you have to jump through, you know, exchanges and down wallets and, you know, moving funds different around. We want to make it so that you just, um, if you see, if there's an interesting blockchain application, let's say it's a game, um, there's an option for you to just purchase cryptocurrency, sort of like how you purchase in-game currencies and you start using it without ever leaving the game, without having to do all these nasty things that we, we we in crypto like to do, you know, running around doing private key management and on other nonsense. So, yeah. Ah, so, yeah. Okay, so as I understand, your mission kind of is to simplify this uh, cryptocurrency industry for the people who might not understand it and attract them by this like games and uh, taking away all the complicated stuff and just leaving them with like the simple things to be in this business. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, right now we're sort of working 
again, in collaboration with our partners. But in the future, we very much want to sort of build out um, sort of this whole ecosystem of things. And, you know, our partners that when someone first enters into the cryptocurrency space, maybe it starts to a one application, you can very easily move between blockchain applications and sort of have sort of a portfolio of partners that fulfills all your blockchain needs, right? Let's say you started your life, your career into the journey into this blockchain world with a game. Uh, you earn a little bit of token and then you sort of wonder like, well, what else can I do with this? And you heard this about this something cool thing called DeFi. You know, you, I want to I wanna check out what that is. It's like, okay, well, you know, we really have this process set up here with one of our partners. We have another partner that would fulfill this your need of um, de decentralized finance. Let's, um, let's have you check him out. And, you know, again, because that whole uh, initial onboarding process is already done by Ramp again you don't have to sort of go through the hassle of registration registering again and you know handling wallets again and putting in some sensitive personal information again so yeah so we're trying to be the gateway into cryptocurrency nice but uh, so well currently again obviously now you're working with the companies that are cryptocurrency related uh, but in the future, in the long run, do you consider working with the companies that are not uh, necessarily like kind of finance kind of companies, but their technology is built on uh, blockchain technology, for example? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I'm the last person I would imagine to be working in the finance industry. Uh, that was never my intention. Um, so, I mean, this in blockchain and crypto, you know, there is this heavy financial elements to it. But I think um, it's come to the point where there's a very famous quote by, you know, uh, Andreessen Horowitz, um, you know, that's sort of their tagline of the VC is like software is, software is eating the world. And, it, and it's very much the case that it's not just software that's eating the world, it's that crypto is eating software. So basically any technological product you could think of, right, if, uh, digital if, um, information technology product, there's gonna be a blockchain element in there somewhere in the future. Like it's starting to happen right now. It's starting to like permeate into everything that we do in games and finance and um, even, you know, collect collectibles, art, arts, you know. So it's just gonna continue this. In the future, like, I don't think people are gonna think about blockchain as this sexy thing. Uh, blockchain is gonna be very boring, um, and it's it's almost getting there right now. I have as someone that's been in this space since 2013, I used to just tell people like when people ask me what do I do for a living, I would tell them I work with Bitcoin. Yeah, so yeah, I just do online marketing. <laughs> just because it's it's so hard. It's like it's, it was such a barrier to sort of explain everything that's involved in the space. Yeah. But now it's like oh, if I tell people yeah, I work for a company and you know we sell cryptocurrency, we have these solutions. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So we came a long way, and I think we we still have a little bit more to go before. Uh, which is sort of another tech company. <laughs> nice, yeah, no, it's, it definitely seems very interesting. And I'm really looking forward to see the news from your company. I already follow you guys on LinkedIn, so well, that's it. Cool. But before we dive into the product and the company itself, uh, let's talk about you. You personally, when and how did you get into the whole crypto world? 
Yeah, so I went to school in New York. Uh, I was born in China, but I immigrated to New York when I was 10. And I went to a university called New York University. I was studying mechanical engineering at the time, but I did take sort of side courses. I was always like a sort of very intellectual, curious person. So I'd always like to just sit in like random courses I didn't sign up to just, just to see like what's going on. So I would go to the business school, you know, have business school buddies. I was like, hey, you know, come, come join a few classes here. I was like, okay, cool. And then afterwards we would just hang out um, in Wall Street, you know, just because it's Wall Street, it's cool, you know, like, yeah, of course, <laughs> that was the place to be. Um, and then one day I remember just walking there, just strolling down Wall Street, um, there was sort of this little, I'm not sure if there's like a similar thing in Europe, but it's like, this is sort of deli. It's basically like a gross, like a small mom and pop grocery store kind of looking thing. Um, and it outside it said, uh, it said uh, Bitcoin talk tonight, free beer and pizza. So that's how I got into Bitcoin. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like anything like crazy, you know. Like I I didn't I didn't read a white paper and my head exploded. I was like, oh no, you know, it was just like free beer and pizza. And I was a broke college kid, so I was like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> And that's how the story starts, actually, in the startup world. Yeah, free beer and pizza. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it, and it, that was the Bitcoin Center. I think this, yeah, I think this is like early 2012, 2013. This is like when Bitcoin hasn't blown up yet. And, you know, it was still super, sort of a super weird thing. And it was super weird for me because like, I was like, oh, well, it's Wall Street. You know, like, it's this, this place is... Like you need money to breathe here. Like what's this strange thing called Bitcoin doing here? So I went in, there was like a talk. I, I can't remember what was what the talk was about, but I just remember very vividly that there was a bunch of people, like a bunch of nerds on the stage. So like shorts, t-shirt, you know, whatever, giving a talk about Bitcoin. And in the audience, it was sort of these Wall Street stockbrokers. It's like the people you expect to see in Wall Street, right? Like they have suit and, suit and ties. They look like they're, they're either like some manager or some company's executive probably works at a financial institution, you know, like one of these big name companies that had, had headquarters in Wall Street. And I just remember very vividly that the guy on stage was yelling at the bankers, like Bitcoin can destroy the banks. You're all going to be out of a job in five years. Uh, give up, go home, learn about Bitcoin. Uh, so yeah, so I got really intrigued. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> I want to know what this Bitcoin thing is. <laughs> so I, I went home. Uh, I dropped out of uni and I read, I read the white paper. Um, well, in different orders. <laughs> I read the white paper and then dropped out of uni. <laughs> so yeah. Wow, nice. That, that's a very interesting story. Yeah. yeah, I think I really, honestly, I really support the mindset of just going for things when you don't know what's gonna happen, even if it's no. like just for free beer and pizza. And then like you never know, you never know what strange novel thing that you sort of encounter in your life would become sort of um, a big part of it. Uh, I mean, like even now, like just day to day, I sort of run into people and in conversations that. You know, it's like, oh, I did this really weird thing or like I, you know, I, I don't know, I went to farm, you know, I just, I, I want to do this thing called, um, 
wolfing where we basically you know live for free on a farm in exchange to doing farm work and so yeah me too we did that you know like and then you sort of have like this really good conversation with people and there's unexpected opportunities there because i i don't know i go to a lot of networking events and sometimes the conversation gets really stale it's like you always talk about the same thing so it's good to have sort of these other interests not only just to like for yourself but you know just to make sort of people around you, the conversation around you more interesting. I think I always wanted to do sort of, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know it was gonna be tech startup. I always knew I wanna do my own business, even though I was studying as an engineer, which is, you know, most engineers, they sort of, you work for a big engineering firm, you know, you're, you're sort of very structured and things like that. But, you know, all throughout high school, I was like selling t-shirts on the side, I was selling coffee. I was like, you know, having all these side hustles in my high school. So I always knew I wanted to run my own business. Um, it wasn't until sort of I got into college and I sort of explored sort of the, you know, my different intellectual curiosities. And it came across a lot of what, so like you have like these intellectual curiosities and then like you as, as so I guess having that engineering background as well, it's like, well, what can I do with it, right? And that, that's sort of the combination of curiosity and wanting it to be something that you can utilize, that's where technology is, right? It is technology is sort of engineering applied. You know, you're, you're sort of using technology, engineering to build technology to do something that's curious and new, right? So, you know, I that's how I got into tech. I joined a entrepreneurship club because I didn't know what like raising funding would be like. I didn't know running a startup would be like, um, I thought, you know, that would be a good place to sort of learn. And it was, um, but I think, you know, not to get ahead, um, the best the best way to learn about building startups and working in startup is just to do it. <laughs> Cause like nothing, like literally I, I read like stacks of books, like mean startup, you know, like zero to one, all these things like, it's like, yeah, all right, this is good. Like, but when it once you go into that situation when you're doing your startup, it's like, well, it's like, <laughs> this is, I, I get this intellectually, but doing it is like a whole nother ball game. It's like, it's just, it's just not the same. <laughs> um, have you had your initiatives, like startup initiatives that you started? Yeah, I mean, I, I never had, well, I had like one, I guess, in my professional career, which is teaching swimming. Um, but that's always, always like a weekend job. No, my whole, my whole life, I never had like a corporate job. Um, this is the company I work for now is close to as corporate as it gets. Like my whole life has been started, like either starting startups or working in like even smaller startups, um, before. So I, I did, um, I had a company called BitAd, so like Bitcoin, but BitAd, like advertising. This is 2013. Again, I was getting into Bitcoin, you know, I didn't know. I'm not a, I wasn't a programmer then. So I was sort of doing marketing for these small Bitcoin companies that, you know, try to design, like kind of recruit designers to design advertisements for them in exchange. They would pay them in Bitcoin, which was like this brilliant idea uh, back then because it was so hard to get your hands on Bitcoin. You either sort of have to, again, go to some very shady exchanges or you sort of have to meet up with someone in person and then you sort of slide them the cash and they send you the Bitcoin. So it was all like very shady, shady stuff. So we actually built out a system where you have sort of an escrow contract. Uh, this is like way back. Um, 
where you sort of have the third party that hosts the funds and then once the work's released, that third party will be us. Once you confirm the work is done, we will kind of release the Bitcoin you know, to the artists. Very tech, very advanced. Uh, probably didn't need to be that advanced, if I'm to be honest. Like I was just sort of enamored with the tech. I was like, build this awesome thing that doesn't exist. I was like, okay, all right. And that's sort of where all our resources went to. Um, then it ended up well in 2015, I think, there was a big Bitcoin crash. And then uh, the crash took away most of our business uh, because obviously the company that were you know, doing Bitcoin uh, went away with the crash as well. So I actually took like a two year break. I went back to uni, went back to studying. Um, and then 2017 came again, the market was good. And I was like, you know what, it's time to try again. <laughs> so I, I jumped back in 2017. I actually didn't start right away, my own company. Uh, there was this website called steamer.com. And basically it was sort of like a lot of what I did with BitAd, but a lot more generalized. So they would actually pay people in cryptocurrency to write articles for the website. So you can sort of think it was like medium, but you know, when you write an article, you get paid uh, a little bit of cryptocurrency depending on how well the post does. I'm oversimplifying it. There's a lot of interesting stuff in it, but that's basically a general idea. So I found the idea very attractive because it's very similar to what I was doing. So I did that for a little bit. And then I met a group of uh, my, my founders, my ex-founders, who was working on sort of um, a new social media platform um, on the side. And the social media platforms built on the blockchain, on the EOS blockchain. And they started just as a complete side project. That was not what the main focus was. Uh, but I sort of saw the potential in it. And, and, you know, I just sort of writing articles about them. You know, I was promoting them. And then one day I was like, yeah, hey, you know, really love what you're doing here. Uh, would love to be part of it. And then that's sort of how I got started. But my second startup was, which is, this, it used to be called, what is this, eesforms.com or something strange. Now it's called discussions.app, which is a much better name. Um, it's still running, it's still going. Um, obviously I sort of love to, to do my thing at Ramp, but you know, that project's still going with the founders. Um, yeah, so they just released a new interface update. I still check in. With, with the people time and time. So yeah, one of the hardest things to do in this space is to keep up with the information, with the development. It's happening so fast. Yeah. It's happening so fast. It's, it, it's incredible what's being developed from day to day. It's like, I, I, I'm in New York City. I, I was living in New York City. You know, I know what a fast paced life is. You know, like I, I lived through that. Like this is just like that, but 10 times, yeah. you know, that that's like crypto, crypto never sleeps. Crypto is 24 seven. Even the stock market closes at on the weekend. Crypto never stops. So it's like, that's sort of the ins insanity that is uh, with this space. But in terms of like personally, like what's the biggest challenge? Uh, I think it's just sort of the grind. Um, some days is good. Sometimes you like, especially when you're studying a project, you sort of like, especially if it's like a project you're very passionate about. And that, I guess like that's sort of a very important ingredient, you know, doing a startup is like, you just have to be passionate about the idea, right? And 
when you're passionate about it, it's very easy to work. You know, you don't think about it as working. You sort of just do it. It's just like you woke up, you wake up and you just do your thing. It's just your thing. You know, you have a little time for lunch. You, you, know, you go out and hang out with friends. But it's just your thing. You're just doing it. It's your, it, it's your life, essentially. It's a lifestyle. But there, is, there are times when like, it gets overwhelming. And I personally, I think every entrepreneur, if, they, like, if they're serious about, you know, startup, they got to burn out once or twice. It's a very hard thing to avoid. And I definitely did, you know, sort of burn out when I was running discussions. And that's sort of the part of the reason why I left. I just, I just felt like I needed a break. I just, I was just being like so, uh, I was just so easily, easily irritated. Um, I was like so frustrated with everything. And I would pick up the fight on Twitter for no reason for people. Just because I was so, just so, I was just so stressed out and so pissed about everything. Um, So yeah, so I stepped away from the project, took some time off, started studying, sort of recuperated a little bit. And then uh, I I thought I was going to do this for like six months, honestly. I thought I was going to study for like six months just to catch up on the development in the space and you sort of study some of the underlying more academic ideas that built up this space because this is a high tech space but it's also a high intellectual space like you're not gonna you're not gonna have conversation about the weather if you go to a crypto meetup at least not the ones i go to you gotta talk about photography you gotta talk about economics you gotta talk about philosophy like you gotta talk about economic incentives like these these are very high you know intellectual there's a lot of brain power in the room let's just put it like that um so yeah, I thought I was gonna do that for six months, but as soon as I left discussions, literally like I think the day or <laughs> the day or two days before that, uh, I had like just offer just flooding in because this the space is just we we are in a desperate lack of talent. So if you're listening and you think about getting into crypto, this has never been a better time to get into crypto. Every single company I know is hiring, and every single company I know is struggling to hire people. So hire enough people because again, this space is growing so fast that we're just sucking out all the talent from like traditional technology world. But uh, yeah, speaking of talent, do, uh, do you only refer to technical people or if somebody, for example, is uh, interested in design or marketing or something related? Uh... Yeah, no, I everybody, everybody, for everyone from sort of account management HR marketing, especially talking about designers, right? The biggest, biggest boom in, in, in crypto right now is NFT, right? Yeah. So if you could put out a half decent piece of artwork and you sort of digitize it, put it on the blockchain, chances are you're gonna make a decent buck. And this is this this like sort of many ways to look at this. Um, just like I'm not gonna get off topic, uh, but. There's many ways to look at it. One is this NFT is this new and novel thing, new and new technology, technological sort of development that's happening on the blockchain. It's very exciting. And then there's another aspect, another perspective to look at it, and which is why are NFTs selling so much? NFTs are selling so much because the crypto industry is desperate for design talent. And this NFTs are the easiest way to reward design talent. Like, that's how I would sort of see, you know, 
why these things are valued so highly because no one in crypto could design <laughs> you know like look at these interfaces they're getting better but if you if like just a year back you look at like these you know marketing material you look at these website designs all garbage <laughs> you know it's only now that you, you have a some half these half decent design people and now with like these nfts you'd be like we're getting like this amazing 3d renders like just amazing amazing artwork and why is that because incentives work you're paying people you're paying people hundreds of thousands millions of dollars for these artworks you gotta attract some of the design talent into this space so again I, I'm, I'm the way i'm seeing is like the market there's a knee in the market and that knee is design talent and that's sort of the way the market is kind of rewarding these people these new uh, a lot of them are new people um, that are entering this uh, space via nfts all right. Uh, yeah. Now back to your story. Uh, I'm very interested to know about uh, your uh, everyday startup life in the Ramp Network. Uh, hopefully, my my company piece uh, people won't listen so far into the podcast. Uh, but no, I, I started. I started thinking. You know, this is more more structured company. We're pretty big, so you know, nine to five, and then go do my own thing, clock in, clock out, sort of thing. Uh, no, it's still very much a startup. Um, so I wake up at seven in the morning. Uh, you know, I sort of take some time in the bathroom, sort of morning stuff. And then I start at eight. And then it's basically eight nonstop until eight. So it's like a 12 hour. Maybe sometimes it goes to like nine, maybe it goes 10, 10 30. It's not, it's not uncommon. So it's, uh, it's, it's the startup life. Again, when you, at least in my, my, my experience, when you're working a startup, it's a lifestyle, right? You don't, you don't, you don't say, like, Hey, this, this is my portion of the day. We serve for work. This is my portion of the day. We serve for friends. Hey, no, they're all blending each other. Fridays, I go to the block. We have a beer, but am I sort of still working? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm making connections. I'm talking to people talking like, Oh yeah, you work for that exchange. Oh yeah. I think we could do something together. It's like, Oh, you, you work at that project, I oh, hey, about that, that's interesting. So again, it's, it's very much a lifestyle and it just, it just takes up all aspects of your life. So, yeah. Very interesting, yeah. Um, uh, what, uh, but what, uh, is your team based in Lisbon or you're like internationally distributed? The team, most of the team is based in Poland. We're a UK company, but the headquarters is in Poland. But we're still scouting a spot in London for a UK headquarter as well. Um, so yeah, so mostly in Poland, I have a good friend uh, that works in Hungary. Um, I think there's a few more scattered across Europe, uh, but I'm definitely the only American and the only one based in Lisbon, so. Oh, nice. But well, why did you come to Lisbon? I came here for a crypto conference, actually. Oh. Yeah. So I came here for the Steemit, the Steemit, the website I mentioned earlier, where you get to get crypto by, for writing articles. I came here, you know, they had like this big conference. And man, I, I miss those conferences so much because they're so weird. Yeah. I, I, I love Steemit, the people and the project, even though it's not doing so good, you know, in terms of market cap. And a lot of people are upset about that, but it was such, it was the weirdest group of people you could ever imagine. Like there's literally farmers in there and you have like these street musicians, you have like these performer artists, singers, 
it was unlike any crypto conference I've ever attended, and I loved it so much. Yeah. People were so so weird. There was not a time where I would feel bored. Um, just again, like because they're so also different. You never have the same conversation with you know two different individuals. It's not like about oh the price is down. Oh yeah, I did my pattern, my charts, or whatever. It's never those conversations. So, oh yeah, so I came here for that um, Sunday Lisbon, and I just sort of fell in love with the place. Uh, it, I mean, you're in Lisbon, you you know how it feels. Like just today, like afternoon, uh, I live in this tiny little apartment. It's not tiny, but you know, it's a small apartment. But you know, just this Lisbon sun, you sort of have this very comfortable wind that flows, and it's just like it's it's peaceful, and it's just it's like it's a place that you you just feel like at home. So I came here for the conference and I, I literally just not, I did not return home. So I had a return ticket to New York and I just didn't use it. Um, yeah, so that was three years ago. And that's the one good thing about crypto, right? I like um, all these companies I was talking about, you know, with, well, with BitEye, I was doing it in New York. Steam, obviously that's like on the platform, but for my discussion with founders, we actually never met in person, um, you know? We have never met in person, even for Ramp. I've been working with them for a little bit now. Or I haven't met them. I'm going to meet them, I think, uh, in, in two weeks, sort of, for a company retreat. But in the crypto world, is not unheard of for you to start a company with someone you have never met in person. Actually, I think that might be more common than actually starting something with someone um, that you know in person. And one of the beautiful things about crypto is that there are these con there's this concept of a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. It's basically a business contract that you put on the blockchain and you create a business structure using that smart contract and you go on, you know, and that's it. Uh, it's some, like in some country you have to register with like local whatever government to get your business licenses on the blockchain. It's like two clicks and a minute and you're off the races. So issuing tokens, you know, start hiring people, paying them. Basically, like I said, you, you pay, you're paying them in the, um, the shares of the startup, you know, the, the initial equity. Um, you could do the same thing on the blockchain, much faster, much easier. Uh, and again, everyone could participate. It's not just people from your country. And that's one of the beautiful things I saw about that, that I saw, saw in Bitcoin. I mean, the free bear and pizza was nice, but you know, like I thought that, um, you know, this is gonna be the new global financial system and there's gonna be tons of amazing company that could be built on top of this protocol. And up Ethereum, not Bitcoin, but okay, you know, same difference. And I was right, um, you, the internet sort of, the internet allow informa free information flow across the world what the blockchain allowed is free collaboration across the globe, right? Before smart contracts and DAOs, I could not just say, hey, let's, let's just start a business together. Um, like who's gonna be in control of the money, right? How will, I, how will I make sure that you wouldn't just run away with my share of the company? How will we hire other people in other regions of the company? With the blockchain, you don't have that problem. You just put it on a smart contract. So, okay, in order to move the funds, we both have to sign uh, you know, submit a transaction that can move the fund. Okay, we need to hire people. Okay, well, maybe we give a portion of our equity through the form of tokens to the individual who might be in Nigeria, who might be in the Philippines or whatever, right? As, as like, you know, as an individual uh, citizen, you couldn't do this before. The corporations maybe, it's possible for them to do it. 
as an individual, that was never possible. So what the blockchain did and what the smart contract did is took all these business structure, highly advanced business structures, and it bought it and it bought the cost down and also made it very accessible to the average person. So if you are an entrepreneur, there's never been a better time to be alive because literally you could deploy a smart contract, you put out your white paper, you still kind of have to work for it. Uh, but you know, you do a little bit of promotion, you find the right people, uh, capital is free flowing in, in crypto. Money, money is, if you have the right idea, you have the right people, you gotta find the capital to work on whatever project uh, you, know, you want. Um, but let's uh, talk about uh, Portugal more. Uh, what? Well, our podcast and our podcast, we always have these international people living in many different countries. So we always try to ask this question. What are the things you love and hate about living in Portugal? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I definitely list more things about that I love about Portugal that I hate. The, the list of things I hate is very short. And it's probably like one or two things. And it's the bureaucracy. Getting anything done from the government is such a pain in the ass. It's like, man, it's just days and days and days of waiting. Um, it's an absolutely fucking nightmare. Um, what else do I don't like about Portugal? Um, uh, I mean, I, 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 I guess sometimes the store don't open late. I mean, that's about it. And, like Portugal is an amazing country. It's sort of undiscovered gem. We just went camping in like last week in Lagoa Albufeira, and it was like this amazing lake. So there's a lot of natural beauty in Portugal, up and down the country. Um, so we went camping. It was amazing. Uh, a while back, we went to the Azores Islands, literally just an island in the middle of Atlantic. Amazing, literally paradise on earth. We did not want to leave. I was I was about to pull one of those things where like, you know, I just never fly back. It's like, okay, well, as it is, is uh, find my home here for my girlfriend. I have to go back to work. So um, people are nice. People are lovely. Um, cost of living is, uh, is not, it's very affordable. Um, there's no, like, there's no, I don't know. It just, it's such a peaceful country. Coming from a country like America, there's a lot of big political issues that always you push you on edge. And so like, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? You know, we, maybe we talk about gun rights, maybe it's like school shooting, or maybe like this, anything. Like in Portugal, like there's, there's not really any of that stuff. It's just like, you just go on with your life. <laughs> the government's fine. They tax you a lot. Everyone's doing okay. You know, like everyone's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just a lot less stressful. Uh, but then I did the thing where I went to work for a startup. So that sort of balanced it out. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, it was uh, very nice. Uh, one final question uh, for you. Sure. And uh, actually, yeah, I'm really interested to hear your opinion about that. What would be your advice to everybody uh, who is just getting started with crypto? And perhaps they have their own idea, don't know how to start, where to start, what to do, but they just have this idea and they have heard about this blockchain technology and or the, they, they are in the hype of uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and they want to get in. Mm. Uh, what would be your advice to these people? How to approach this? Well, 
I mean, you should ask two questions, like sort of one, how to get started. And second one is sort of if you have an idea for this space, like how to approach it. The first one, how to get started, just go to meetups, just talk to people, um, say, hey, I'm very interested in this space. Here are my skill sets. Here's the things I did in the past. How do you think this will translate? You know, you just ask and people were like, like, like just our conversations, like, hey, you know, everyone's looking for marketing, everyone's looking for whatever. Maybe they have a, maybe they have an opening in their company. If not, maybe they know of opening in another company. Just sort of network. And again, this, this blockchain crypto space is growing so big now. It's so general. You won't have a hard time finding a position in this space. I actually just knew a friend who used to work in real estate technologies. He just moved over to doing analytics, one of, uh, one of the big analytics firms in crypto. So I'll say, hey, congratulations. Finally, you have converted into the dark side, um, you know, sort of thing. So this this space is sucking up jobs. I I think you'd be hard if you're working in tech. I think in like another few years, you'd be it would be hard to find a job that isn't related to crypto. So that that's sort of my take on that. Yeah. On the second one, if you have an idea for this space, uh, what should you do? First of all, your idea is going to be stupid. Uh, <laughs> just take this. Just take. Your idea is gonna be stupid. Everybody. Your idea. Your idea is gonna be stupid. Literally, the other day, I was like, I was talking to my friend, my friend Eric. I was like, I was been working on this thing for a very long time. You know, like, I'm in, the, you know, I'm in the space. I've been doing this stuff. You know, I'm reading white papers, but not. Literally, this thing I've been working for three months. So I, was like, I showed him. I was like, Yeah, Jack, I think this is an interesting idea. I was like, I know you're Canadian. You know, you're like I could tell what you what you mean. What you actually you saying like this is stupid. It's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> So, you know, that's okay. And that's okay because you're going to get feedback on the idea and it's going to get better. Um, so the idea is not the important part. The execution is more important. So that's, that's the same. It's the same with startups, right? A lot of startups have very stupid ideas, right? Initially, yeah, at least. But then it's about, you know, refining the idea, you know, getting feedback on it, just keep working on it. Um, it's not specific to crypto, um, this applies to startups generally. I think the only thing that's different with crypto is that if you do want to sort of get funding, um, ICO is a thing. You just have to be careful depending on like the, the legal jurisdiction you're in. It might, might or might not be sensitive, but there's many other ways to sort of fund startups as well. You can literally mint an NFT and like sell that as sort of your first products for the, for the project. And I think you should be in the clear. Not legal advice, by the way. Um, yeah, and again, um, funding in the crypto world is very easy to come by. So if you have a half decent idea and a half decent team, and you have the tenacity to execute and sort of show show people that you're willing to like hunker down and build this thing for like a year or two, I think I think you'd be good. Amazing. So guys. Everybody, your idea will be stupid from the beginning and face it, but whatever, execute it, you know, and go to networking events and meet people. Yeah, um, yeah thank you very much for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next time. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening. Follow us on your favorite social media and check out the next episode. Ta-da!